0: Arizona Arizona sports, sports. the The local local sports leader, leader. Burns and Gambo, the four o'clock reset brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, four o'clock reset. We are already at the turn on this Friday afternoon going into the New Year's weekend here on the Burns and Gambo show. Kellen is filling in four o'clock means four o'clock reset time. It means it's time to get you caught up on everything going on in sports. And of course, the Cardinals made their way into the news cycle, which we didn't think was necessarily going to happen on a Friday afternoon with their game against Atlanta coming up on Sunday. But now for the fourth time in four games, Arizona's going to have a new starting quarterback. This week, it's David Blau getting the start for Arizona. Sharp
1: kid knows some of the base concepts and the game plan stuff. He's done a nice job picking up this week, and and so we'll, we'll make sure we tailor the script to stuff he feels good about and let him go try to play fast and execute at a high level.
0: He was acquired by the organization when all the Kyler stuff went down a couple of weeks ago as insurance. Colt McCoy addressed the media the other day as if he were the starter.
1: Here's what happened. He had some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, we decided to sit him this week, and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday. That was Cliff making the announcement about three hours ago.
2: you got to find some clarity at this position because you you can't just be in a, in, in a position where you go into week one of next year and you just have one answer a quarterback that's Colt McCoy and that's it you gotta find out the other positions I mean Colt unfortunately has shown this year that, that, it, that it can catch up to him. The, the wear and tear of a full season and just the state of their offensive line, of course, hasn't helped, but they got to have other options. And look, if you like the way that David Blau plays in these last two games and you can find definitive number three for next year and thinking about it in a way where colder someone else is the number one and colder someone else is the number two, find that three guy because them making this kind of decision indicates to me, at least, that Trace McSorley is not that guy. you
0: can got to find him. It, it, does, it does seem as if we've we got a good look at Trace McSorley, and even though he was up 10 against Tom Brady – Let's try somebody else at the spot. And of course, we're not naive. The elephant in the room is two games left to go in the season. Draft positioning and the impact of that. And then there's this news as well. DeAndre Hopkins now has a knee injury he's dealing with. A little bit of a knee issue.
1: So we'll see how he feels tomorrow and go from there.
0: He apparently was on the practice field and then he was off the practice field today as they get ready to take on Atlanta. Two games left. Cardinals right now have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. Uh, we'll deal with this a little bit later and that's so ominous. It's not that bad at all. We're going to have some fun with this a little bit later, but we're going to play it here for you here at the four o'clock reset because we need a little lighthearted Colonel news right now. We heard yesterday or two days ago about J.J. Watt telling the story about Jesse Lucchetta, the rookie linebacker who called him looking for an autographed J.J. Watt jersey because Watt announced his retirement. The problem was Luchetta had a couple of wisdom teeth pulled out, and he was high on the painkillers. J.J. <laughs> Watt mentioned that he had a voicemail from Luchetta asking for it. Today the Cardinals released it, and it's funny as hell.
1: J.J., J.J., the sign jjj
3: that's
1: all i want call it why jj <laughs>
0: That's so great!
1: This guy arose JJ. from his
0: slumber
2: and was like, "JJ's retiring? I didn't get my jersey. I need a JJ. Oh no,
0: I need a jersey. We'll get into that a little bit later. It's so funny from JJ. And, and he got his signed jersey. By the way, he tweeted it out. One today. of
2: my favorite parts of the job is when you're in a room and hear the start of a story. Know you're going to hear a good one. Like that's where JJ was on that. Yeah, yeah. we'll
0: play it later. He told a good one. you got to hear the whole story in the context. But that was the voicemail he was referring to from Luqueta. Highest. A kite from the painkillers calling J.J., asking him for a jersey. Suns continue their road trip tonight. A stop across the northern border. They'll match up against the Raptors team. Nick Nurse, they lost last night to the Memphis Grizzlies, and their head coach was not thrilled about it. It was
3: about as bad as it could get. There was times when we'd make a free throw, and they'd throw ahead and dunk it on at the other end. Like plays that can happen maybe once every seven years. we got to get focused and connected and get serious about playing harder. Now for
0: the Suns. Kel and Devin Booker obviously still out. So is Landry Shamit. So is Campaign, Of course, Cam Johnson is as well. They'll all have to wait until 2023 to make their returns to the hardwood. Kind of imagine pain is close-ish. And I saw some video from Dwayne Rankin today who kind of pointed out that Landry Shamit was moving around decently today in Toronto. The furthest I'm willing to go based on the little teetsy little bits we get from the
2: Suns in terms of injury updates is that I would feel comfortable Confident in saying both of them are back by the end of the month. Just based on by the end of next month, I should say by the end of January. Based on what I know about the patterns that they go through and where they get held, held up to speed, I'm not reporting anything. It's just my intuition as a basketball reporter, Dave. Wait, first. which who are you talking about? Being Johnson back? and Payne. I feel like both of them should
0: be back by the end of January. By the end of January, yeah. Ooh. I thought Payne was going to be back sooner than that. I don't know. Well, no, I, I didn't. I don't know. I yeah. I didn't know that he was going to be back sooner than that. I just got. I'm not
2: here. I'm not here operating good news either. But I'm just. I'm, I'm just Ooh. saying. I feel like both of them should be back by the end of January. But we haven't heard a thing on campaign's injury, and we've asked a couple of times and got nothing. So I have no idea. But he's been out warming up a bit. Cam Johnson's getting under motion too, as well. But yeah, they're they're gonna uh,
0: hopefully one of them can come back by this road
2: trip. But I'm not so sure.
0: Fred Van Vliet has been ruled out. He will not play. Tonight night. Precious Achua has been ruled out he will not play tonight for the Raptors. 5.30 tip-off. You'll hear it over on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. Now the Sun should be studying Coyotes tape from last night to see how a Valley team beats one from Toronto. That home ice advantage Mullet Arena brings was in full effect last night. The Coyotes started the third period down 3-2. Four goals including two empty netters to notch yet another quality win and notch another quality win at home. They beat Toronto for the fourth straight time overall dating back the last couple seasons insert wedding crashers quote here <laughs> was that was that Vince Vaughn sitting? On the glass, who was howling like a coyote? Yes. Yes, that was Vince Vaughn, who was howling like a coyote. Get down there for a game
2: if you haven't. It's it's a limited experience, of course, with the Coyotes being there. You gotta go. Yeah, I'm going in two weeks. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to get there myself to see a game.
0: According to John Heyman, baseball insider with the MLB Network, veteran Evan Longoria and the Diamondbacks have reached an agreement one-year deal. AZ Central's Nick Pecorro reports that one-year deal is for $4 million with up to a $1 million in incentives. He lives here in the Valley It has long been rumored that he preferred to play for the Arizona Diamondbacks so I would imagine he took a little bit of a discount in that regard to make sure that he could play for the team in the market in which he lives. For the Diamondbacks it checks a big box. A guy who can play third base, a right-handed hitter who's good against left-handed pitching. He's not going to be the everyday third baseman but certainly he checks a lot of boxes for them for things that they needed. Fun
2: stat I saw on the timeline. At Goldie Happens tweeting that Evan Longoria has a career 1.049
0: OPS at Chase field the best of any ballpark. That works loves too. Love hitting there. Hey, that come on down. Too. If you have college bowl fever, we're going to be broadcasting the Capital One Orange Bowl right after our show. Number six Tennessee versus number seven Clemson. You can hear it here on ninety eight seven. Other bowl updates from today: the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Maryland beat number twenty three NC State sixteen to twelve. And yes, there was lots of mayo involved in that. <laughs> Notre Dame is losing to South Carolina in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl oh, right no, now. Timmering. 31-24. Oh no! A loss for the Pac-12 today. Pitt beats 18th ranked UCLA 37-35 in the Sun Bowl and then the Barstool Arizona Sports Bowl going on down in Tucson, Ohio and Wyoming and I don't have a score for that one I'll find one for you.
2: Thanks UCLA
0: can't even represent us well before you uh, leave. Tomorrow you've got the college football playoff games one of course here in the Valley, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl between number 2 Michigan and number 3 TCU and then the Nightcap, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl between number one Georgia and number four Ohio State the big question are we going chalk here or do we get a decent upset kind of game tomorrow because frankly these games typically produce a lot of chalk in the college football playoffs you ask me if in the college football playoff in in number three and number four historically not only do not win these games they get their teeth kicked in in these games any reason to expect anything different tomorrow from either Ohio State or TCU? You're going to be investigating your TV guides at halftime of at least one of these games and probably <laughs> Maybe the title game will be fun. Who knows? But I... yeah. Kickoff times are at 2 and 6. You can listen to both on the Arizona Sports app and as if college football wasn't enough. Start Saturday off with ASU versus U of A in men's basketball. ASU was ranked not anymore after their loss to San Francisco. U of A ranked number 5 in the country. We'll have that game right here on ninety eight seven and the Arizona Sports app. And Kellen is fired up about it.
2: Can't wait, baby. Going to be there. I hope Kirk blows me a kiss.
0: Do you think he will?
2: He'll he'll blow a kiss to anyone in the stands. He'll probably aim for ASU fans, but I hope I get one on misdirection. Just say
0: nice things about Estonia, and you're good. Stop bringing it up, man. (laughs) I don't need to rehash this on the air right now. Yeah. Also from the NBA, in the midst of a turbulent season, Atlanta Hawks head coach Nate McMillan, according to Sham Sharania, has strongly considered resigning from his position. Hmm... Only say, hmm, because that's a team, when you've got Trey Young, and as you pointed out earlier, the DeJounte Murray big swing that they made in the offseason, there was very much a go-for-it kind of mode for that team this offseason, and it does not appear as if they are going to connect on their big go-for-it swing.
2: Can I have a Bogdan Bogdanovich, please? Please? Where?
0: Okay. Please? Hold on. Boyan or Bogdan, one of them? but uh, Well, Boyan, Bogdan, Boyan yeah. Detroit. Right, they could move them again. They could move them again, but, possibly.
2: Uh, I, you got to imagine with what Atlanta's is going through right now, they're not going to go through the deadline without making a big move, big-ish move in some of their top six, seven. We've we've heard about John Collins and trade rumors since like I don't know, like 2014, and he probably wasn't even in the league until 2018. It's been so long, but there's been Trey
0: Young talk. Yeah, I was just looking to see where they were in the standings. They're middling because they're, they're they're still they're fine, right? They're number nine right now in the Eastern Conference. They're in the play-in tournament if the Can season you say ends for today. Sure if they make Play-in tournament? No, I no, don't think you oh, can. Oh no. no, they're a half game, uh, two games away from not making the play-in tournament. They're, they're, yeah, and there's still a lot of season to go. But I do wonder if. Nate McMillan leaves, and it comes time to hit the blow-up button on that team, or at least the redo button on that team. Could Bogdan Bogdanovich be available? He's a guy I would love, love, love in a Suns uniform.
2: it doesn't have to be timely for Suns fans. If there's a six-week delay, it's
0: okay. The spirit of giving lasts all year. (laughs) Well done, As far as I'm concerned. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we circle back to what is our top story of the day, and that is the Arizona Cardinals making their trade move. David Blau to start. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo show with
1: Kellen filling in. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader.
0: This note from Josh Weinfuss, who covers the Arizona Cardinals for ESPN.com. Via ESPN stats and info. So Jared Stidham is going to start for the Raiders on Sunday. David Blau is going to start for the Cardinals on Sunday. NFL teams will have had 64 starting quarterbacks this season, tying the 2007 season for the most in a non strike year. There are 11 teams this season who have started just one quarterback. 11. Everybody else has started multiple. There are two teams that will have started four quarterbacks when it's all said and done. The Cardinals and the Rams are the other team with four. Only 11 teams with just one starting quarterback. The Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Jags, the Lions, the Packers, the Seahawks, and the Vikings. So Josh Allen, Joe Burrow... Um, Herbert, Mahomes. Now, I wonder how much this will change. Like, I wonder if the Chiefs have nothing to play for, do they sit Mahomes? Does, you know, and yeah, and Mitch brings up a good point on my team's chat here. Those are a lot of playoff teams who have started just one quarterback, right? Yeah, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Giants, the Jags, the Lions, probably not the Packers, the Seahawks, the Vikings. Those are all teams that are very much right in in the playoffs or very much in the playoff conversation with 2 weeks to go and there's no doubt there's a correlation between those two little factoids.
2: You inspired a thought for me and I rapidly scrambled through my email to find your show prep meeting from July 8th, 2022 and in this was a story. <laughs> wow. The 14- 14 July 8th, yeah, 2022? I'm really good at like googling stuff finding. Don't worry about it. I have a skill. The 14 quarterbacks the Cardinals will face this year ranked Number one, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. okay. Number two, Tom Brady. Number three, Justin Herbert. Number four, Russell Wilson. Oh, what's the Number Russell? five, Matthew Stafford. Number six, Derek Car. Oh my god. Number seven, Kirk Cousins. Eight, Max Jones. Nine, Jalen Hurts. He's moving away up that list. Number ten, Baker Mayfield on the Carolina Panthers. He does not play for the Panthers anymore. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mario, Trey Lance who played a game. And then Gino Smith or Drew Lockett, 14 for Seattle. Is Gino <laughs> in the top five of this list now? This is my way, Dave Burns. You inspired the thought for me to look back and just how quickly things, one, change at this position on a yearly basis more than we give credit for. And two, my everlasting point that always comes up when you and i have these conversations man it is it is really easy to find an average nba point guard it is so hard to find an average nfl quarterback it sure is so sure hard sure is and, and that's
0: all those teams and, and it's it's hard to find it's hard to find one who can last over the course of the season it's hard to find one who can stay healthy it's hard to find one who can be consistently great week in and week out even the ones that we thought were are great going at like the no-brainers. Russell Wilson is a no-brainer to be on that list. Tom Brady's a no-brainer to be on that list. Matthew Stafford was coming off of a Super Bowl year; he was a no-brainer to Derek be on that. Carr, list. Carr,
2: to me was the guy who you'd be like, that is like the standard for just like an average quarterback where he's he's fine and he can be pretty good in some stages. And now it's, he's gonna be on a new team next year. Yeah,
0: and even the quarterbacks for teams that beat the Cardinals this year, Jalen Hurts was. Good. I don't think he was an elite quarterback in that, on that Sunday. Justin Herbert was not that great that game. I mean, the Cardinals were in control of that game right up until, you know, going three straight drives where they went three and out. I, it's not, it's, it's, I don't feel like the Cardinals have lost this year because of elite quarterback play from the other guy on the other side of the field, right? That is not that has not been the story this year. That's not been the issue for the Cards this year.
2: It really hasn't and it was a huge part of our discussion point coming in. I remember when we were doing these kinds of summer shows Burns and we were looking at the schedule and we were like that's second half of the schedule. Boy, you have got to be in a position. We were looking at those first 3 games of the year specifically and saying one and two. I, all you and I both agreed to make like a handshake deal as people interested in the Cardinals. Doesn't matter, Burnsey, what happens in those three games. As long as they're one and two, we'll take it. And it was not an encouraging three games, but we got that one and two. And now two of those games were against the Raiders and the Rams where you looked at Stafford and Carr, and, and they just haven't been the same to say the least. But then I go to that second half of the schedule, Yep, San Francisco's there, sure. The Chargers haven't, they've been, they've been okay, they've been fine. Patriots are on there, they're struggling. The Broncos have been the biggest disappointment in the league so far. The Bucks are just on there, and then the Falcons have been terrible, but then you get the Niners again. It looked like a gauntlet in that second half of the schedule, and hasn't really turned out to that. It was, it's was. it been a, you would know this far better than me as, as, a, as an NFL fan, but it feels like it's been a fairly, from where we were at at the start of the season compared to now, it's been pretty unpredictable in terms of the routine and the chalk that you just talked about. About earlier with the college football playoff, like chalk has kind of been there at the top for sure, but the middle and and the bottom has been extremely unpredictable this year. I
0: feel. Yeah, like. I mean the Mahomes, the Allens, very predictable. I don't think anybody. I mean, I think a few people thought Jalen Hurts could have a year like this, but I don't know if anybody thought the Eagles would be clear and far and away as good as they are. I think the most unpredictable part has been the downfall of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, and mm-hmm. there's still more to be written about that. Uh, the big one is Russell Wilson. I mean, that, that just I don't know if anybody saw that coming coming around. So the not to bury the lead, but the big story is that for the Cardinals, one of a very few select group of games this weekend where there really are no implications, at least as it relates to the NFL playoffs,
1: are going with David Blau. Here's Cliff Kingsbury today on what happened. Yeah, he had uh, some symptoms show up yesterday after practice, so just out of abundance of caution, yeah, we decided to sit him this week, and we'll start David Blau um, Sunday. Give him a chance. Um, evaluate him. See, see how that that goes and then the last week kind of see where we're at between those two guys and uh, name a starter then.
0: Now of course just a couple days ago Colt McCoy held a press conference as the starting quarterback typically does for the Cardinals on Wednesday and and spoke of wanting to start these final two games. I don't know what concussion symptoms he's going through. I don't know what he's feeling. Cliff was asked if he was surprised that Colt was showing more symptoms. Yeah
1: yeah he had felt great Um, but obviously uh, we want to be smart And so we decided to sit him and go with David. Yeah, and and so for Blau,
0: a chance to start... Impress? He's, what, got five starts with the Detroit Lions a couple of years ago. Um, can he he's auditioning for some backup role with the Cardinals in the future? We'll see. And, of course, the elephant in the room here is that the two games to go and the draft positioning and, you know, making sure you don't lose any ground on that. And I'm not saying that's why the Cardinals did this. I know there's going to be conversation that maybe that's why the Cardinals did this, and I don't want to make any accusations. I don't know. I just know that that, that is a looming part of the narrative over these last two weeks and certainly it's going to be something that I think a lot of Cardinal fans are going to be keeping an eye on to see, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, what do the Texans do this weekend? What do the Bears do this weekend? Where do you end up in draft positioning after these two games? But for the Cardinals, if you're going to go with somebody that's not Colt McCoy, I guess in that regard, you might as well go with David Blau because it kind of feels like they feel like they know what they've gotten, Trace McSorley, at this point.
2: Yeah, And the, the reality of the other side is like you don't know what you have in David Blau and if you would have not played him in these last two games you would have headed into training camp next year potentially looking at him one of those guys to make the spot you get a lot more clarity for some decisions that down the line are decisions at the quarterback position
0: Seems like a good idea to get some clarity there. I, I, I support this move, Dave Burns. Yeah, I, I would, honestly, I would imagine a lot of Cardinal fans do support this move. Whether it's the opportunity to check out Blau or just in general, where you are in the standings with two games to go and what is really the most important thing for the organization to do right now. I would imagine you are not alone on this one, Kellen Olsen, that you are not alone at all. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's an overdue conversation we're about to have. Have coming up, we are a third of the way through the NBA season, and we haven't spoken once with Kevin Pelton, NBA writer from ESPN. What's wrong with us? That's next Burns and Gambo.
1: Burns and Gambo, afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Five different Batman themes you could have used and you choose the one from the late 60s. No, it's fine. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I had a feeling this was coming because we have a running joke with Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA insider, that when we want to talk to him, we fire up the old bat signal, we point in the general direction of the Pacific Northwest, and we see if he responds. Bruce Wayne response kevin pelton response and joining us right now on the arizona sports line to talk a little nba with us oddly enough for the first time all season i don't really know what how that worked out kevin pelton joining us here on the burns and gambo show with uh kellen olsen filling in kevin i hope this phone call finds you well happy
3: uh near new year's eve to you what's going on Yeah, Happy New Year to everybody in uh, Phoenix listening as well. And uh, it's been a while, but I guess this just is a positive news that uh, the Suns have not had enough on-court crises for me to get called in yet this season. (laughs) I
0: I don't know. I I think to their standard, I guess. Honestly, honestly, I I swear, I think we've just (laughs) been putting out so many fires with his his basketball team so far. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we should probably call Kevin and see what he thinks about this because it's just been a mess Maybe maybe relative to the Cardinals as well. Uh, Well, don't, don't, don't. Don't even, uh, Kevin, don't even, seriously, man. It's just like, here's my open wound, pour salt and lemon juice into it while you're at it. That's been, that's not been good. Um, The Phoenix Suns, let's, so here we are, third of the way, give or take, maybe a little more into the season, and obviously the Suns are dealing with a little bit of a, a mini crisis right now in Devin Booker. What For you, what is the survival guide for this organization in the four weeks, at least four weeks that they're going to be without Devin Booker.
3: I mean, the the good news is we've seen the formula in some of these games that they've played, you know, since uh, Christmas, uh, starting with Christmas Day when he re-aggravated this injury and, you know, they they came close to knocking off the Nuggets and then the impressive win in Memphis. I mean, you know, it's going to take contributions from a lot of different guys. I mean, I think, I guess the good news such as it is, is that Shooting Guard is a position where they're relatively deep with Damian Lee giving them some such good minutes this season and Andrew Shamit, you know, shooting the ball like he uh, in Denver, so you know if there was a spot where you can afford this, it's, it's a little easier than you know now the front court because of the fact that they were already so compromised without Jay Crowder and Cam Johnson. So I, I guess that's the upside, but it's it's really all hands on deck, and the challenge is that's that's doable for a game or two. Doing it for a month is a different story.
2: Kevin, this has been a conversation we've had around here in the last couple of weeks when it comes to the Suns, the injuries and their positioning in the standings. I would love to get your take on it. The parody in the West right now is quite frankly r- ridiculous. It's just all over the place right now with who you put where. So with that in mind, is that an argument where you believe that it matters less the difference between two and seven or three and six in the standings? Or do you still believe there is some significant weight to your spot in the standings or, or does the parody help?
3: I think 1 through 6 it matters less. I think it's probably an argument that it matters more 7 through 10 because number 1 you've got that extra challenge of getting through the play in tournament and number 2 you could be facing some decent teams in the play in tournament. I think that's a big difference between the west and the east this year where you know the east has the couple of most dominant teams at the top, and a pretty steep drop off after you know I, I don't know maybe five or six teams at this point. In the West, that parity kind of extends at this point one through nine, maybe one through ten. You're looking at Golden State potentially being in the play-in, so that you you don't want any part I think of being in that play-in. You want to finish in the top six if at all possible.
0: Kevin Pelton, ESPN NBA Insider, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show with Kellen Olsen filling in. Uh, of course, I, I didn't think, Kevin, one, that our first conversation we have you on all the time. I, I didn't think our first conversation would with you would be on December 30th. And I certainly didn't think our first conversation would be with you while Jake Crowder is still a member of the Suns organization. I I would have thought something with this would have happened by now. For you, the pros, the cons of waiting this long to deal Jay Crowder? From the Suns' perspective, what do you think the reasoning is for waiting this long before dealing Jay?
3: Well, I suppose the cons are pretty obvious in terms of just not getting anything from that roster spot, from that salary spot all season. And, you know, Jay Crowder, particularly with this absence of Cam Johnson, could have helped quite a bit. You'd have to assume if you were on the roster or whoever you could have gotten in return for him. But there's a reason that they've decided to wait. And I think the pro of it is it just opens up possibilities in terms of more sellers being out there. And I think that's the, the biggest obstacle in the trade market right now is that... You know, very few teams, aside from the teams that are actively looking toward the future, consider themselves sellers right now. You've got the the, the addition of the play-in tournament, keeping more teams in the mix later in the season. And I think, you know, we haven't seen any trades in the NBA yet since, I believe, the start of training camp, you know, that's pretty atypical and I think that kind of reflects that lack of separation in the market, the parity, it's an influence into that as well as, you know, nobody kind of feels like they're out of it at this point so there's going to be more you know teams potentially in the mix for that kind of a trade in a few weeks although it still raises the challenge that has been there all along, which is you're looking to trade a veteran player in a win-now move to It kind of almost has to be a three-team trade to, to make a lot of sense.
2: Kevin, to bounce off of that, uh, Suns fans have been eagerly awaiting that type of trade, or, or a big one specifically, and we've been talking a little bit about Toronto today with the Suns matching up with them, and they seem to be one of those teams as as your own Zach Lowe has kind of reported in the last month, just kind of looking at GM circling there and wondering if they're going to blow it up, and if that's a possibility for them to let go of guys like Fred VanVleet or, or Gary Trent Jr., or even someone like Pascal Siakam. What's your sense for where the Raptors are, are at right now, and how logically it would
3: make sense for them to
2: maybe look towards the future a bit and, and sort of blow things up a bit.
3: Yeah, they're an interesting team because you look at them statistically, they've not been that different than they were last season. Uh, they've lost a ton of close games and that's, you know, been a factor of driving them down in the standings standard in the east. So I I think if you were in Toronto management and you wanted to be optimistic, you could say, Look, we this is a better team than we've looked so far. We've, you know, at some point got precious Achua coming back to give us some more size in the front court, which has been our biggest need. We could potentially go out and make a trade and in upgrade at the deadline. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. Is somebody else who they basically haven't had all season. But the other side of it is and this is the case for maybe why the trade market might start to shake loose a little bit in January uh, before we get you know right up to the deadline is there is some value to being kind of the first of these teams that thinks they're con- contenders to pull the plug because the earlier you start kind of accumulating losses in preparation for the lottery, the, uh, the easier it is to get way down in the standings to you know, maybe the fifth or sixth spot where you have a, a real chance of jumping up to number one. Eh? Portland last Last year is kind of the example of that the Damian Lillard injury sort of made the decision for them but the last game he played was on New Year's Eve, 2021, and it was right around that time where you know it took them months to make the trades that they did make, sending out Norman Powell and, and C.J. McCollum. But that's when they kind of started their slide down the standings, uh, where they did end up picking seventh.
0: Kevin Pelton from ESPN, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. Kellen, uh, our fill-in host today for Gambo, has written a lot about this the last couple of days. The Suns, as their Currently constructed and based off of what you've been able to see out of them so far, are they still enough of a contender that they've got a go-for-it kind of trade in them at some point before the deadline for them to take advantage of what's left of the Chris Paul window? Is is there enough there right now as you see it for them to say, you know what, let's go make a deal for this guy and let's try to win that championship this year? Is there enough there or is that window passed?
3: I think there is enough there. I mean, certainly you're sort of projecting the the Suns forward to, you know, potentially the the you know, the second round and beyond, that's the biggest question right now is, is Chris Paul still able to play at that level that, you know, even that first round, we saw him put together against New Orleans last year with Devin Booker out of the lineup. That's probably not realistic, but the level that we saw the first handful of games in the Dallas series, if he can play at that level, then certainly I think there is enough, especially if you're adding another piece to this in that kind of win now mode. And the good news is, look, nobody's running away with the Western Conference. Uh, I wrote about the the top of the West last week on ESPN dot com, and you know at that point I said that the Grizzlies were my pick. But wait a week, and I might change my mind. And lo and behold, they you know they lose badly in Golden State on Christmas Day. They get beaten by Phoenix at home after you know evening the uh, series after their blowout win in Phoenix. Uh, a, no one. Continues to be able to separate themselves every time it looks like there is a team you can say, point to and say, okay, this is the number one team in the West. They lose two or three in a row.
2: Uh, through your work, you do a great job of not only gathering data, but contextualizing it as well. And one piece we've been looking at a lot over the last couple of weeks has been Mikel Bridges specifically taking more shots and saying, you know this better than me, a hyper-efficient offensive player. And his numbers have started to dip a bit in terms of efficiency. He already does so much work defensively. He's at about 14, 15 shots per game uh, since these injuries have kind of hit the Suns more severely. Do you think Mikel is in a spot, Kevin, with how much he does defensively where his offensive role actually does need to be limited a bit or should it still be expensive? Explored a bit in this role where he can be the
3: number two on some nights? I think it's good for him to explore it at this point, so long as you don't, you know, kind of slip too far in the standings, because, you know, to some extent, there's a learning curve to, you know, playing that larger role on offense and the increased defensive attention he's seeing, and, you know, we've seen kind of the downside of it at times, as you mentioned, with his efficiency slipping. There was the, the one game in particular where, what he you start, like, you know, two for 15 or something like that, to, and, and yeah, and that was that was when you see the downside of it. But you kind of have to go through that to an extent. I, I do think, though, that you know part of the reason role players are role players and go-to guys offensively are go-to guys is those players, the go-to guys, are able to ramp up their efficiency with much less change in their usage rate than you see with role players. Now, there can sort of be a flip side to this, which is that when you stack stars together – they don't necessarily have kind of the the benefit that you might hope because of the fact that they don't see their efficiency improve as much as you would want. Uh, but you, so which is why you kind of need a mix of the two. But probably the case is that Mikhail, especially with everything he's doing on defense, as you point out, he probably belongs in that role player bucket. So there's a reason he was there, you know, even really at the college level at Villanova. But uh, he, he, there's nothing I think that harmful, especially with the injuries, of uh, giving him a little more opportunity and seeing how that pans.
0: Out. all right good stuff we'll try not to go as long between visits as we did this last time kevin that is one thousand percent our fault not yours so we appreciate the time especially this close to a, a long weekend and a holiday weekend always good to have you on my friend thanks for the time
3: yeah, anytime I see that death signal, you
0: know I'm going to pick up. I, I know, you, you, you're so good with us. I, I don't know what we've ever done to deserve it, but you're so good to us. We appreciate it. Kevin Pelton from ESPN.com, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, talking NBA. Christmas through New Year's Day is the lowest week of the year for blood donations. January is the highest blood usage month of the year for patients. So please consider making a blood donation on Sunday, January 8th at Vitalant's Saving Arizona Blood Drive. Schedule your appointment now at vitalentorg slash save It is time on the old browser to go someplace we haven't gone in a long time. Tankathon.com but for reasons you might not be expecting next on the Burns and Gambo show.
1: Burns and Gambo. Arizona sports. The local sports leader. Hello again. Friend of a friend. I knew you were We were looking for a song that
0: truly set up this segment the way we wanted it to tankathon.com, a website that was near the top of my browser for years and years and years. Oh, the glory days. With the suns, yeah. yeah. Hello, we're back. I knew you when our common goal was waiting for the
2: world to end. Yep. <laughs> we're we're yeah. back. We're back. But the thing about Tankathon is,
0: shout out Brie Larson, Scott Pilgrim in the World, one of the best movies of all time. This this is, it is a tremendous movie. It's such a, just a charming, funny little movie. The Scott Pilgrim vs. the
3: World released several years ago. Coming back to Netflix, January 1st. What? What? Yep. That uh, actually came out yesterday. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World releases on Netflix, January 1st. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love, that.
2: I, love that. I watch it every year. It's, it's, when people ask me what my favorite
0: movie is of all time, it comes up in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, I, I wouldn't for me it's not that high because as we were talking about off the air during its initial run I missed it that was back when my kids were young and we weren't going to a lot of movies I've, I stumbled upon that movie for the first time like three or four years ago because I'd heard so many good things about it it is an incredibly entertaining movie
2: do you uh, remember when we weren't doing movies during the pandemic because it was like we weren't going to theaters but then movie stopped coming out uh, a re-showing of Scott Pilgrim that's the first movie I saw back in a the theater really yeah so that's
0: how I'll always remember the movie that's yeah. funny that's and it was stuff. just
2: great to see one of your favorites you know like being back in you know,
0: Why are we playing that song? We'll tell you in a moment. First, we have to update our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, we've got Eric Ruby here. and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll Update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Rubes, what you got for us?
3: Feels wrong interrupting that transition from song to segment, but it also felt wrong typing this question out. Today's Twitter poll is, four years into his career with a massive five-year contract looming, have you... Given up on Kyler Murray.
0: Context on this question was a conversation we had yesterday on the show when Tim Ring was filling in. A tweet from Andrew Brandt in which he included Kyler Murray with Derek Carr and Russell Wilson as quarterbacks for whom their fan bases are asking the question: When can we get out of this contract? And I understand that question for Carr, and I understand that that question for Wilson. I did not understand whether Kyler Murray. Being in that, whether he deserved to be in that conversation or not, and so it's it prompted this. Kellen and I are both no. I am not ready to move on from Kyler Murray. Right, you you haven't changed your mind in the last two hours, Kellen. It's one of those questions where it seems
2: ridiculous, and no, it doesn't seem. It is ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but. Until you see the results, yes, yes, it's a very small segment, sort of, with that in mind, of, of, of Cardinals fans we're speaking for on our own Twitter poll, but at the same time, the results that Eric is about to read are surprising if you weren't in the boat of, yeah, a lot of people are out on Kyler Murray. What do you got for us? They've
3: actually gotten closer as well. It's a 58-41.5 to 41 and a half split in favor of no, people have not given up on Kyler Murray, but that means 41.5% of over 1,300 votes,
1: Have given up on K one. Hello again, friend of a friend. Too good. We had to play it again.
0: So hello again to Tankathon. And here's the thing Tankathon just isn't for the NBA. Oh, no. Tankathon does NHL. Tankathon does Major League Baseball. Tankathon does pick odds, remaining strength schedule. Tankathon is a master when it comes to figuring out how this whole thing is going to go down. And I got to imagine there are going to be a lot of trips to the Tankathon store mm. over the next couple of weeks when talking about the Eurozone Cardinals.
2: A, there's a meme of the I don't want to play with you anymore, and it's uh, Woody getting drunk in Toy Story, and people were doing that with Tankathon on Sun's Twitter when it it was all said and done.
0: But hello again. Hello Hello again, again. Tankathon. We look at you, and we see right now the 2023 NFL draft order. Houston, number one. Chicago, number two. Denver, number three. But the pick goes to the Seahawks. Ouch, babe. That hurts. Ah. Arizona, number four. Indianapolis, number five. Atlanta, number six. The main tiebreaker when it comes to this is... Strength of schedule. If you've got two teams with similar records, the team that was the worst against the worst breaks the tie, right? The team that was the worst against the easier schedule is the one that gets the higher pick because, in theory, they're the worst team of the bunch. Um, Look, we all know what happened today. The news David Blau is going to be the starting quarterback. Mm. For the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins now has a knee injury. Of course, the elephant in the room for any personnel move by the Cardinals made these last two weeks are going to be always held up in the context of the draft, draft positioning, prioritizing draft positioning. I'm not saying that's what the Cardinals did, but I'm just saying that's how fans are going to look at this right now. It's, it's important to see where you end up because it gives you leverage and it gives you options and it gives you choices. So that being said... How hard are we rooting against the Cardinals these last two weeks? And conversely, how hard are we rooting for the Houston Texans? How hard are we rooting for the Chicago Bears these last two weeks? Because all of that stuff kind of helps when it comes to this. I'm
2: rooting pretty hard, but I will say there are certain years where I wouldn't be rooting as hard. And what I mean by that is with the way that this is positioning right now on our lovely friend of a friend tankathon combined with the context of who is going in the top of the draft, it is going to matter a whole lot. The difference between the Cardinals picking three or four to six or seven could have a huge, huge difference. And what I mean by that in saying that is there are two defensive players, Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. Jalen Carter out of Georgia. Those are guys who some will debate are the number one overall player in this class. Now, does that guy go number one that often? No, it is normally a quarterback. In fact, most mock drafts you look at will have a quarterback going number one. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, the kid out of Kentucky, whatever you want to say. There are three kind of quarterback names in there. This is where it gets interesting. You've got Houston. Probably need a quarterback. Chicago, though. They got Justin Fields. Like, it looks pretty darn good to me. I would, I would want to keep him for quite a long time. So they're a team immediately to me that goes, okay, they would probably take one of those two defenders. You get to Seattle at number three. I'm not quite sure exactly what they would do. It's an interesting talk. Indianapolis, Atlanta, Detroit, Carolina, Vegas. I not Vegas isn't going to have Derek Harper that much longer. So there's two different routes you can go here. There are a lot of quarterback needy teams, Burnsy, where one, yeah. you could have a player like Will Anderson, or Jalen Carter fall to you at 3, 4, 5 when they're ranked as 1 or 2 in this draft. Or if you're sitting at 8 or 9 and you just want to slip back a couple of spots because one of these teams desperately wants to get one of these 2 or 3 quarterbacks before they're gone at 8 or 9, you could do that too. I think this draft lines up for the Cardinals to have options, and that is why I am extremely invested in the Texans playing football somehow. Well, yeah. I, I'm here now. I'm uh, yeah. here now. And,
0: and the Houston Texans, their schedule, their remaining schedule is they've got Jacksonville on Sunday. They've got the Colts in the week. Jacksonville 18. in a game that does not matter to them at all. At all. Jacksonville can win, lose, or draw that game, and it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters to them is the game they have against Tennessee. Next week, the winner of that is in and wins the AFC South. So will we see Jacksonville follow suit and rest a bunch of guys the way we saw the Titans do last night? their loss to the Cowboys maybe I don't know. So for Houston, two, I mean I know they're no good. They've only got two wins on the season, but two winnable games especially against Jacksonville cuz I just don't know how invested they're going to be. I think the wild card in this conversation is the Bears because I okay, so they've they're at Detroit tomorrow and then they're home against Minnesota Next Sunday, Detroit still has very much something to play for, but they are really fringe right now, right? Their their playoff hopes are alive, and certainly with a win, depending on what happens with the Giants and the Commanders and the Seahawks, they're very much back in the conversation, but they were kind of dealt a really bad blow last week with their loss to Carolina, and so their position isn't the strongest. Minnesota? Minnesota might not have a thing to play for next week. They might be thinking, rest all of their guys for their opening round playoff game because they're not going to ascend to number one. They're going to be either the number two or the number three seed. They might go into that game with the idea of just resting everybody. You could make the case that depending on what Detroit does, that the Cardinals will have an opportunity to not only stay at four, but to move up from four depending on what Chicago and and Houston do and all this. And, and yeah, you know what? I, I, I've said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. I don't sit there on my couch and root for my team to lose on Sunday, but I do accept that the right outcome for the game is for them to lose. Right? And I know some people don't see a distinction between that, but I do. I, I, I can't sit there and root for the Cardinals to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. But I will fully accept that the best outcome on Sunday is for them to lose that game. That is really the best thing that could happen to them.
2: Could be a difference between like seven or eight spots in the draft. It
0: yeah. Really could and, be. and to your point, this year it's important because if you're seven or eight, Now you're not in that. Now, A, you don't have the chance to get one of those two top players that you're talking about. That's not a quarterback. And number two, if moving down is your thing, you're not in nearly as rich of a position as you would The quarterbacks will be gone. gone. Everyone wanted, yeah. You're not going to be able to play the move up and get your quarterback game. You can play that game. Unless you've got like the Christian Ponder guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why is he going 11? You want him? Okay, fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at, at two, three, four, you can play that game. You can be the come up and get your quarterback team. You can't that game if you're 7, 8, somewhere sitting down there. It matters. It's important. Leverage, choices, options. I don't know who the general manager is going to be. I don't know who's making that pick. I have no idea. But I know that the more options you have, the better it would be for the organization. And that's kind of what we pull for. When we come back, the records are different as of today. The parallels between the Suns and tonight's opponent, very similar. Talk about it next. Burns and Gambo.